I'll come back. 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 Die. Like, don't don't hurt yourself. No, it's, this is what you get when you work with plastics and aluminums. Mm. Oh, aluminum cuts. Oh, sorry. Aluminum and acrylic and all kinds of sh and coolants. I've never and gotten an aluminum cut before. How much difference is that? Uh, think of taking a jagged steak knife across your finger. <laughs> I, I've, I've done that before, actually. I used to work in the bakery in Walmart, and I was cutting the French bread in half, and I didn't realize where my pinky finger was, and it sliced like halfway through the nail, like from the side. <laughs> so that was interesting. It's a beautiful story, seeing as we're live. Hello and welcome okay. to Hello and welcome to the Gorecast, where we talk about. <laughs> oh, I can talk about I can talk about the finger I almost cut off when I was slicing a lobster in half at one of my. Jobs. I absolutely want to get to that story. I, like, <laughs> this is something we're going to do now. I'll keep that in mind. I know you wanted to hear intro priest, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna no. let you. No, it's okay. I was just gonna let it sit on the Gorecast. Like, why not? Um, hello, welcome to the broadcast. We're broadcast oh, over. What? Be professional-ish. Go, go. <coughs> We're the broadcast lower every single week. If bartender shows the evening, will be a non-pencil. Hi. Enigmatic Otaku. Professional-ish. Flammenwerfer. Am I a professional? Ravage. Nope. Nook's taking a week off. My name is Flutter Priest. This week, we have a very special guest that you guys couldn't believe we got the first time ask for him to come back because wait no we want to ask that question and we can't ask that question but we have dusty cat how you doing those who have never tuned in before hello and welcome we're a community oriented podcast for you request for the guests we politely ask them to come on they usually agree and then you make them miserable for two hours with your questions uh, we're streaming live on Twitch right now, but if you need to, go ahead and ask your Alexa device to play the barcast, and you can not have it actually work. But we are on Google Play, iTunes, and all the normal places. You can catch this all on YouTube, and we're, because we're streaming live on Twitch, the lovely non-pencil is watching the chat for questions. Pencil, what's example of questions we're not going to ask your guest? Uh, today, we're going to be doing a PG-13 cast, so I will not be asking any lewd, obscene, or gratuitous, full of swearing questions. I also will not be asking the usual political or religious questions or overly personal questions like, where do you live? Like, don't, don't, don't do that. You know how to do this. You can handle it. I, I believe in you. Just, just don't, don't. I believe and I can fly. Yeah, I believe I can, I can touch the sky. Oh, I'm, I'm glad you have faith in them. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna try to. Also, we have a drinking word today, and that, that means anytime you hear us say the drinking word, drink. That's correct. Well, that's not the drinking word. <laughs> the drinking word is Rainbow Dash. Um, so anytime you hear that, you guys should drink. Please drink responsibly. Don't hurt yourself. Just take sips. And if you're watching us. On YouTube, I know you guys can't see the chat on the video, but I, I will read occasional questions aloud from the chat, um, especially near the end. It's true. So, that's it. It's true. Oh, it's true. You just have to trust me. Today. I Nobody trust gets the WWE reference. Damn. 
<laughs> I thought this was a professional joint. We we. I'm sorry. We have to have a license for that. We're professional, but we are not well versed. You you do realize that all podcasts are fake, right? Oh yeah, that my podcast was fake. Come on, of course I know that. You guys actually believe in podcasts? <laughs> What have we been doing for two years? Well, I didn't have a podcast. I had a live stream, so therefore it's different. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm fancy. Well, let's let's do some real, real basic, um, get out of the way, actual interview questions to preface this. Real, real simple. Ooh, big words. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, we're going all the way to the sixth grade for these. Um, Prefaces. Who are you, and what have you done for the fandom? Hi, everybody. My name is Dusty Cat. I used to run a show called Stay Brony, My Friends, which every other week we'd interview somebody live on camera uh, from the My Little Pony universe, whether they be a community guest or a writer. A, a... Rap, please. The heck was that? Like, Rap, please mute. <laughs> That sounded like you strapped your cat to a uh, firecracker. As a matter of fact, but anyway, <laughs> um, so I would interview voice actors, writers, uh, and anybody who worked on the My Little Pony show. I could get to come on my show. Uh, we did two-week uh, Blitz charity auction stuff. Uh, we did all kinds of stuff. Then I segued myself into doing voice acting for the fandom. Uh, I now narrate books. I have three on Audible right now. I do. I'm the charity auctioneer of the fandom, so whenever I'm at a convention, I'm usually doing the charity auction. Uh, and moderating panels, uh, because I've done it very much. Um, I've also put on a couple of my own panels, mostly on bullying and how to get through it, because I was a bullied kid myself. And uh, other things like that. I also pop up on Periscope every now and then, showing you how to make cigar box guitars out of lunchboxes. And things like that. So I'm a very handy guy, so normally it's... Uh, how to make a, I did a whole YouTube series on how to make Sunset Shimmer's guitar. Um, so I still have that. But yeah. Whew. That's quite a resume. Dab's forehead gently. Um, but, uh, well, I didn't actually say everything, but I sort of like thought well, I was getting bored. So. No, no, no. That's totally fine. This is your time. Um, oh, okay. Well, I was also a vendor at a lot of these conventions where I would sell. Uh, Stuff that I made or stuff that I had made, uh, mostly patches like the Wonderbolts patch that everyone uses for most of their Wonderbolts co cosplays nowadays. That was my design and had made. Um, let's see what else is going on. Uh, amplifiers, um, all kinds of stuff. But anyway, okay, moving on. A true connoisseur. So, how did all of this get started? Like, clearly, you're. It's it's not even a matter of connectedness that you got here. You you really set yourself apart in the beginning as the manliest brony and kind of earned a reputation, but how did even that start? Well, uh, when I first got wind of uh, the My Little Pony thing, um, I basically was living as a hermit um, in a, an abandoned house that was for sale, working a job in Carson City, Nevada that I really didn't like and couldn't move into this house. I was just basically squatting there for a year and got into a deep depression. Um, but I was riding my motorcycle back four hours back to San Jose, California to play Dungeons & Dragons with my friends, which was the only thing keeping me sane. And one evening, they just said, hey, there's this new show. You should see it. I mean, it's one in the morning. I have to ride back to, 
the Nevada the next day. I'm going, oh, man, I'm tired. I really don't want to watch this show. Dude, you got to watch this show. What is it? My Little Pony. Well, you, I argued. But I watched it. And it was the premiere. It was Nightmare Moon. I went, oh, well, that was different. Is there any more? Oh, yeah, there's six more. And that was very early in the fan. There was only six episodes done. That was it. Hmm. So we stayed up until like five in the morning watching them all. And I got hooked. So it sort of got me out of my funk. Uh, I moved back to San Jose and with some friends. And I started doing YouTube videos where I would, you know, I started doing PMB stuff. I started singing songs. And then me and my friend that I moved in with did this uh parody of the most interesting man in the world, which was the manliest brony in the world, which was you know, the whole pithy comment kind of thing that the most interesting man in the world did and then there was a, a video of me in a blazer with a sniffer of brandy and, you know, ponies all around me and it, it, it was a, one of the very first viral videos that Pony ever had and I think it still has like 750,000 views um, that segued into uh, one of the net, uh, Brony networks uh, searching me out and said, hey, we, we love you. We'd love to give you a show. It's like, well, what would I do? And I, I came up with a talk show a la the late show with David Letterman and it took off. And I started, I did that for, you know, four years or yeah, four years. Um, and that was, that was a lot of fun. And it got me in with the voice actors and the writers and and all those people and started doing voice acting and, and stuff like that, which got me popular enough that conventions wanted to have me there and people wanted to see me. So, and here I am. So there you go. Oh yeah. No, of course. no, no regrets. No, none. You're cause you're, you're stuck with us now. <laughs> well, you know, I, I have tattoos on my body, which are, you know, moments in time of the fandom. I've got rainbow, rainbow dash on my shoulder with hey. the rainbow. And then I just got the Wonderbolts on my left calf. So it's uh, this is the beginning of the fandom, and this is almost the end of the fandom. So basically it's, you know, bookends of, of everything that's happened in my life for the last 10 years. Heck yeah. Well, obviously... You know, go ahead. Pretty sure, I'm pretty sure his regrets didn't start until the moment he entered this podcast with us. That might be true. Well, no, he came back. I, I, no, I regretted the first time I came on the show. <laughs> well, we, we suckered you back into it. So. Yes, 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 you did. I'm sorry. Well, but the Heinekens are really cold and really delicious. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously, you've seen the fandom kind of grow and change over time. Yeah, and yep. with a lot of with a lot of these sort of like, what are your favorite type questions? It, it's kind of easy to fall back on kind of default answers for something like, what's your favorite part of the fandom? I'll I'll tweak this around and say, what part of the fandom was surprising to you that it grew so much? Oh well, that's uh, the music. Um, I've been part of a number of different fandoms: sci-fi, anthropomorphics, um, uh, SCA. Um, in the SCA, you would see a lot of music, a lot of bard type stuff, but you wouldn't see much of it in say anthropomorphics or mostly you have DJs just spinning stuff, um, things like that. But in this fandom, you had original music being created based on my little pony and a lot of it. I mean, a fire hose of it and not anything that was, you know, bad. Right. And most of it was, you know, rec record material. You could put that stuff out publicly and probably make money with it. 
Um, a lot of guys moved on. Uh, Living Tombstone and Andrew Stein. Uh, a lot of people moved on are now professional musicians that are working on spec f- for different projects. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, Black Griffin. Black Griffin is normally flown up to Vancouver to work with Daniel Ingram. You know, the the, the guy is a voice actor and uh, uh, a singer, and he gets work constantly. And where did he come from? He was just another fan. So yeah, it's it's. Uh, I think the music was the uh, the biggest surprise to me. Oh yeah. Um, totally, totally fair. Um, and then. The next question, pretty pretty typical. Um, what if there's one thing you could say to the followers and fans that are stuck around since day one? Um, what sort of message do you have to them, especially as the show is ending and it seems like the fandom is becoming more and more inclusive rather than, or exclusive rather than inclusive? Um, don't forget the lessons of the show. Sure, this show might be ending, but don't forget its lessons. Don't forget that, you know, friendship is better than not being friends. You know, it's better to have friends than enemies. And to get friends, you need to be open. And you need to give people time of day, and you have to give people a chance. You can't just shut people out and expect, you know, to be have a happy life, because you won't. Here's, if I know there's introverts out there, and being introverted is fine, but every now and then you have to open up the door and go get coffee. So try a little harder to reach out to that person that you think might want to say hello, but won't come up to you. Right. Um, I've done that a number of times at conventions where you see somebody over in the corner who looks at me and going, I can tell they want to come over and say hello, but they don't really have you know, the, the wherewithal inside themselves to do it. So I'll go over and say hello. Mm-hmm. You know, just, you know, how you doing? Having a good time? You know, what's going on? All kinds of stuff. So um, be kind. You know, be open. You know, keep your guard up. But, you know, it's, it's, it's the world today. But try to be an open and kind person, you know. Oh, yeah. And, and, we will we'll gather way a way larger community through being kind to one another than shutting yeah. people out. Yeah, absolutely. Totally. The, o- the only lesson that I learned from the show was that I didn't learn anything at all. I was right all along. Enigma, you, you know for a fact that you learned so many things from this fandom, mostly by me screaming them at you five inches from your face. So... Learn what again? Damn. Exactly. Uh, well, I will not swear at Enigma. I will not swear at Enigma. I will not swear. It's fine. Whew. Okay. But speaking of screaming, um, let's get the final question that, of course, everyone has to ask for everything pony related out of the way. Who's the best horse? Um, okay. So, everybody playing the drinking game. I'm not going to say this pony's name, but if you know me, you know that she's tattooed to my body. It's true. Mm-hmm. It's very. In fact, she's tattooed on my body in two different places. We're already we're already at a drinking count of three, so I hope people are keeping up. Don't 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 aggressively keep up. Don't. This, yes. this is a game not oh, yeah. played with shots, kids. No, please please do not we take play shots. this game with shots. Nope, no, cider, no cider, cider is just fine. It's to true. play this game with. And if, if you had too much, make sure you, your drink is water in between, okay? It's true. 
Eat some bread. Yeah, I did that one time. Uh, for every shot of alcohol, I took a drink of water, and I woke up without a hangover. Yes, yeah, because dehydration stinks. Yeah, that's what I do every time. Haven't had hangover since. It's been great. Hail Hydra. I was really German. I never get hangovers. It's great. <laughs> How dare you. Now then, we're back to questions from Thread. Hello, Thread, my old friend. We're going to Alex Underscore, who's got the first post. We're starting with number one, which is only dirty if you make it dirty. What's the worst thing you've ever put in your mouth? Uh, you know those fermented beans that Japanese like to have for breakfast? Natto? Mm-hmm. Yes, oh, I oh, Horrible. Oh, my God. Oh, horrible. I went to Japan a couple of years ago and, of course, had the... The second day there, we had the traditional Japanese breakfast. I go, what's this? And I put it, I put it in my mouth. And I completely spit. I spit it back out immediately. What the hell is this? Yeah, ah, in my tongue. It was so bad. It no. looks because it because lo- it looks like it's going to be sweet. It looks right? like it's going to be sweet bean paste not? or something. But no, it's fermented yuck bean. I mean, they're they're, they're this close. They are this close to going full full freaking mold. I mean. Bleh. It's Horrible. musky. It's it's like it's like gone no, off wine. No, musky. Musky yeah. is generous. I'm, musky I'm is lo- generous. I'm looking at a picture of them, and they, they look like they're like kind of like rice krispie treats. Horrible. Horrible. And, they are and, not. You know what? The second the second worst thing I'll give you, I'll give you a freebie. The second worst thing I ever put in my mouth was when I went to South Korea on business, and we went to McDonald's, and for some reason they gave me a kimchi burger. Oh, oh my god. I'll try this, and I spit it out immediately. Uh, it's it, everybody knows what kimchi is. Basically, it's it's I cabbage with it's cabbage with spices and stuff buried in the ground for six months, rotten. It's That's bigger. what kimchi yes. is. So it's a and little it, bit like great at McDonald's. McDonald's was selling that stuff. It was horrible. Love kimchi, but I would never put it in a burger. That sounds they, genuinely bad. Do they seriously put it in the ground for six months? Seriously, that's how you make kimchi. Like it's if basically rotten, kimchi is rotten cabbage. That's what kimchi yeah. is. Ugh. I like it. Uh, so let's move to number two. A way more wholesome question. What makes you happy? Ooh. That's, you know, as a, I'm going to get deep and philosophical here. Oh. Um, I'm 51 years old, right? Many things in my life have made me happy, but at other points in my life, those things have made me sad. So it's sort of, what makes you happy is really a trick question, okay? Because it depends on the point in your life you're at, what your interests are at the time, what your mental health state is at the time, uh, a number of factors of what makes you happy. Um, today, right now, at 51 years old, my motocross bike makes me happy because I get to play with it. I get to... to wrench on it make it faster make it cooler go ride it that takes my mind away from other things that are going on in my life uh my street bike which i just bought my my brand new honda africa twin i can get on my street bike and take off and i don't have to look at my phone i don't have to look at email i don't have to do any of that stuff and i can be happy out on the road somewhere those things make me happy right now building cigar box guitars that makes me happy it didn't make me happy in my 20s because i wasn't doing it yet um, what made me happy in my 20s was something completely different than at 51. So it's uh, 
a bit of a, a loaded question, if you want to call it that. Um, but most things that make me happy are building things with my hands or mechanicing things with my hands or fixing things. This is how my brain works. A lot of people, um, some people are, you know, have a different type of brain where they can code and do computer stuff and all that kind of thing. My brain doesn't work that way. My brain works with my fingers, my hands. I'm sort of a, a hands-on engineer. I have to start building something to make it work. And if it doesn't work, I, I now know which direction to go in, right? So yeah. it's sort of like I have a very R&D-type brain. So whenever I've been in an R&D-type situation, which is like the job I have now, um, I flourish because I get to uh, go deep into my psyche and build it from my brain, through my hands, through the machine to make it, you know, the way I think it's going to be made and then make my little changes. And then, you know, well, that one's done. I make it, I'll make the next one, but this new thing like this, I, the, this is the first cigar box guitar I'm building with inlay in it. I've never done that before. It's like, Ooh, this is fun. So I chuck it up in the mill and I run a channel in it and I put the inlay in it. It's all kind of, it's really cool because it's something I haven't done before. I'm learning something new. And that's what really makes that really turns my crack. That makes me happy. Yeah. That's awesome. That sort of kind of troubleshooting mindset. It's really, it's it's really rare for some folks. So, uh, let's go to number three. Uh, if clouds could talk, what would they talk about? Hmm. If clouds could talk, what would they talk about? Well, they would probably talk about um, the wind. They'd probably talk about the wind and how fickle the wind is. Mm. Um, and why is the wind so fickle? I want to go over there, but it's pushing me over here. No, I want to go over to the beach. I want to be on the beach today. Why are you pushing me over here to the mountains? I don't want to be on the mountains. I want to be at the beach. I'm sure there's some days where the Stop wind it. just totally blows them off. Like, right. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Bad. Yeah, you just oh. stole my joke. Oh, I'm sorry. Guys. I'm so sorry. I had I had this I had this wonderful explanation going. I'm doing my improv, and what happens? He steals my thunder. See, yeah, this? You, just, you, you, just blew, you just blew his whole act. God this is why I failed improv at my community college. Oh, we're we're sorry he rained on your parade. You see? <laughs> you see, I just sent her. I, I took it back by giving the thunder joke, and then I set up Anon for this beautiful, with a strike right down the middle of the plate, and what does she do? Hits it over the dang fence. Beautiful, Man. Anon. Thank you very much. She you made exactly she where made, I was going. This has she been made, dusty, removing dark clouds since how long? <laughs> she made your humor oh, evaporate. Wow. I'll stop. Yes, <laughs> and, <laughs> yes, and we're going to the next question. Number four. <clears throat> what about the pancreas? Uh, well, you know, the pancreas is very important in the body. So, you know, you just don't want to screw around the pancreas. But, you know, the pancreas, when it gets swollen, usually goes into the subcoccal area. And you really don't want to be messing with the subcoccal. You know, the coccal area is fine, but the subcoccal area, not so much. No. So you want to keep your pancreas healthy at all times. Eat more greens. It's true. I know, I know the pancreas isn't exactly, you know, like a glamorous topic, but it's what's inside that counts, so. Hashtag pancreas awareness. All right, Dust Shoe is up next with a really wonderful avatar of Rainbow Dash. I guess, hey. I guess that, that might be a male Rainbow Dash. 
cute either way. I'm not gonna say that. I'm not gonna say the word again. Oh my gosh. Okay. Number one. Are you gonna manly man BronyCon again and be the manliest man who ever manned for his last hurrah? I am scheduled to be at BronyCon to do a number of things. Uh, first and foremost, of course, is the charity auction. Um, I have been listed uh, for a number of panels. Um, I do not have a dealer's table this time. So if you were going to buy something from me, you missed it. Missed your chance. Not happening. Uh, but if you come up to me and say, what's in its pockets, I might have something for you. Oh. Do we have to say it like Gollum? Yes. Uh, yeah. So if, if, if you come up to me and say, what's in its pockets, I might have a present for you. Um, the, yes, but I, I do, I am planning on being there. Um, I normally, they're charity auctioneer. Uh, full papers will be with me, charity auctioning, uh, wonderful band. Uh, so yeah, I plan on being there and manling it up. I think number two here is the question we all want to ask. Can I have a hug at BronyCon if you go? Um, yes, as long as you don't make it weird. I'll make it oh, really weird. make it really weird. <laughs> 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 I have to put leeches on you people? Jeez. Why, why leeches? Bay, like, if you guys see Dusty, you're like, oh my god, we're gonna hug Dusty and make it weird. I'm gonna have to grab you by the backs of your shirts and drag you away. There are more modern solutions to this modern problem, Pencil, than leeches. Yes, I, I, I took professional wrestling uh, lessons, so yes, m much more modern ways of taking care of things. We saw how yeah, it turned out in Game of Thrones. you suplex any of these guys, I will sign off that it was self-defense. Deal. Wanted to be. I just want pictures to be taken of that. <laughs> You're in a public area. There's no helping it. Yep. All right. Number three. How do you feel about pop tarts, or are you more of a toaster strudel kind of guy? Um, I had pop tarts today. Oh, what flavor? I I had the unicorn pop tarts today. Oh. The what? Oh, what? Whoa, what? There is a special going on right now. I think it's been going on for the last couple of months. Uh, special edition pop tarts with unicorns on them. They're strawberry. They're delicious. What goes oh, goes to Google me. immediately? <laughs> yes. What, what's inside them? Strawberry. Rainbow? Like, is there is there colors inside, or is it just pink? Yeah, so they're sparkle strawberry pop tarts with you know white icing are, and then printing on the front of the white icing. There's a one with a unicorn and one says unicorn pop. Are they made oh, from God, real unicorns? Yes, they're made from real ground up unicorns. Delicious. I that went dark really, really fast. However, I'm staring at them, and I want them. You can but buy. Thank a... you for letting me know. Oh, cherry. I'm sorry. They're cherry, not strawberry. Cherry. You can buy a box on Amazon for twenty dollars. Yes. <sighs> Number four. What is a dream that you have? I have a dream that at one point all of my bronies will be able to come out of their closet. And not be persecuted for their love of ponies. That's my dream. That Good is luck with that. Totally, that totally is, fair. That dream is a little ambitious in my for my situation. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I understand. It's just I just wish there were more people with an open mind. Yeah, it, 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 that's really it. I mean, it's. Being a brony and, and loving My Little Pony is, is, is the same as loving your local sports team. I mean, Jesus, have you seen 
how much money some some person will spend by being a Dallas Cowboy fan. Oh God, yeah. I mean, come on, you're spending tens of thousands of dollars on helmets and jerseys and football tickets and all this other kind of stuff, and you're giving a kid, a local kid, hell because he likes Rainbow Dash. I mean, come on, it's it's it's, it's really you know nepotism and it's at its worst. I mean, you you can't you know point and laugh when I can just point and laugh right back at you. You know, right. if, you, if you can't laugh at yourself, you can't laugh at anybody. So, you know what? Shut your pie hole and go watch your Dallas Cowboys. I'm going to watch my pony show and you can go off. Yeah. Like, there was one, I remember distinctly a one BabsCon. I think we just got done with the panel and there was someone checking in. It was like a late Saturday. This person was like, how are people into this pony show? Like, what's so special about it? It's like, oh, just think of it as like, like a kid's Game of Thrones. Like, oh, really? And yeah, and I was like, yeah, they just spent a whole season like taking down a cult leader. You go, ha! Huh, okay. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Not when, when you describe it that way, you make me think that Celestia is sitting on the Iron Throne. There's oh. images of that. I have seen if, them. If, if, you, if you had no idea what Milo Pony was about, and you came in to that season premiere, and you saw Starlight Glimmer basically doing a, you know, cult leader song with all those ponies cult-like, you would say what the mother hell? Yeah. Really? Like, this, this is for kids? Oh my god! <laughs> you know, th th there's been probably 15 or 20 moments on the My Little Pony show where I went, for kids? Really? Yeah. <laughs> you know? That's like, you know, Chrysalis with her log in this season, right? It's like, this is for kids. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's like, okay, not a problem. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You keep telling yourself that. Dark stuff yeah. in this too. Well, sometimes. Yeah. Oh man. Meanwhile, at the Legion of Doom. I mean, dark stuff. We did see Cozy Glow hold someone's skull up. Yes, we did. And that was awesome. And the My Little Pony movie was just full of like some odd innuendos. It was wonderful. I loved it, it so much. Nice. I love all of it. And I I am definitely going to cosplay Cozy Glow for Rodicon. So. In you end to the next question. Good job. Thank you. I worked hard on that one. Number one, uh, from Mugany. Um, I hope you're doing well. It's been a while from uh, I've heard about you since the, from this area of the fandom. So okay, you, you doing good? That's, yeah. that's a statement, not a question. Okay. Uh, number two is, is the is the question: Am I doing well? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I'm doing fairly okay. Um, I just dropped my third book on on uh, Audible. Yeah. Uh, and the there's a uh, YouTube series called Thatch and Dial, which I'm doing with uh, Andy Price. Or not Andy Price. Andy. Uh, Mando Pony. Andy. Uh, I was like, Andy Price? I was going to yeah, have not Andy Price. What am I thinking? I have the questions. Uh, but no, Andy. Uh, Andy Stein. And... According to him and according to the artist, all the art for episode one is done and in Andy's hands. He's doing editing right now on episode one, um, and that's been a year in the making. And we have everything recorded up to episode 10. So uh, it's going to wow. be dropping soon, I hope. Uh, but it's really a fun little series uh, that I hope people will enjoy. Awesome. Um, do we need to go back and bleep any of that? Oh, you'll be able to later. Um, no, we're... we're, we're we, we can check that later, please. It's true. Um, but uh, as far as your Audible stuff, if people wanted to go and check out the Audible stuff, how would they be able to find that? Absolutely. So I'm doing a series. Uh, 
called Portals of Infinity by an author. His name is John Van Stry, S-T-R-Y, excuse me. It's a weird spelling. S-T-R-Y, John Van Stry, who's been my friend for a number of years. And he's a prolific writer. And I have I did book four, five, three, four, and five. His original audio guy, Left him after number two, and he said, "Hey, you're doing all, uh, you're doing this voice acting thing here. Give this a shot." And I said, "Okay." So he loved what I did, so I did book three, which uh, I really want to go back and redo because now that I've done a couple of books since then, it's rough <laughs> to say the least. But uh, the one I just dropped, I'm really proud of, uh, book five. It's ninety, no, it's nine and a half hours of finished audio. Um, it took a year to do. And the main characters flip genders in four chapters. And there's like 27 distinct characters in that book. And I had to come up with voicing for all of them. Um, so, yeah, it's it was a very hard book to get through. but I And it does have some of its own editing problems. But it's, uh, it's a lot better than three. And I'm very proud of it. So if you go to Audible, I think also in iBooks, uh, if you look for Portals of Infinity series by John Van Stry, book three, four, and five, I did. Um, so, uh, check those out. Awesome. Uh, number two, uh, what kind of alcoholic beverage do you soak your mustache in for optimal uh, manliness? Uh, actually, um, it used to be whiskey. It used to, it used to be whiskey, but, you know, it's now that I've gotten older, um, it's more bourbon. Yeah. Oh, Ooh, my man. Nothing's better than a good sniffer of uh, Jefferson's. It's so nice. Now then, let's see, I'm going to skip number three here because it's just a statement. It's just a scream. You have a son, Jared. That's all. So. Number four. What's the manliest thing you've ever done? Ooh. <sighs> manliest thing I've ever done. Um, I think the... The first year that I went to um, Cider Fest, mm-hmm. um, which I think was their second year, um, there was a kid who was there by himself, I think, if I remember the story correctly. It's been a few years. But uh, he had broken up with a girl, and she showed up with, I guess, a guy that she was cheating on him with. Ooh. And Ooh. he basically lost his, you know what? And was going to throw himself from the roof. Oh. Um, so basically, I chased him up the stairs to, like, level three. And I grabbed him by the back of the shirt. And I said, you ain't freaking going anywhere, mother. Mm-hmm. Excuse my French. Oh, uh, yeah. We're, we're going we're gonna to go talk. And we're going to go talk right now. Um, so I took him outside. And he was fighting me the whole way. I want to die. I want to die. I want. No, no, no. You're not going to die. And we're going to have to talk right now. And for two hours, I basically talked him down from wanting to hurt himself. And I kept sending people inside saying, would somebody go get, you know, the security? Because this kid needs more help than just me. So oh, yes. finally, finally security comes out and they finally, you know, call the, the actual police and they show up and I say, look, this kid is suicidal and he needs help. And they, they, they did help him finally, but it took two hours to get anybody to actually, you know, pay attention. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Yeah, I think that in everything that I've done within this fandom is probably the one thing I'm most proud of. 
um, was basically, you know, taking the time to listen to somebody and help them through their problems and make sure they don't hurt themselves. Um, and getting that taken care of, you know, when, you know, most people wouldn't. And it's, it's one of those things where, you know, I grew up in the Midwest, you know, Michigan, and most in a very small rural town, and most people knew each other and gave a rat's ass about each other. And it's, I don't know what it is about certain parts of the, the country, but most people just don't care, right? If somebody's going through something, they just like, well, it's not me. It's not my family. I don't really care. And it's like, that's just, I don't even think that way. There's no way I can think that way. It's like, you know, if, if there's a way I can help somebody, you know, I, I do my damned best that I can do that, you know, without harming myself. Um, you know, if I can find somebody the help that they need, then I'll point them in a direction that I can do. Um, but I just I just don't get the, the point where people can just turn their back on somebody who's having, you know, that type of issue, you know, that type of problem. It's like they're going to go hurt themselves and, you know, you're going to turn your back on it. And not do anything. That's just that's that that is worse than you know just about anything. If you just want to turn your back and let somebody do that, no, it's like, I, uh, I totally agree. Like it's it, it's more than it's more than being manly. What you did, it's a, it's a part of your human duty. Like it's well done. Yeah, I'm glad you were there. Yeah. Um. Moving on to the next question, I'm going to combine two. Um, do you own any cool weapons? Um, I have one of them. <laughs> well, I have I have a cheap katana, but I have a halberd. I have uh, let's see, a seventy pound English longbow. Nice. I have a hand and a half. Uh, sword. I have three throwing axes. I have a 20-gauge Mossberg shotgun, uh, two in the clip, one in the chamber, which was built for me by my grandfather. Oh. Um, I have a Ruger uh, Nighthawk that's been in the gun case, got the gun safe for geez, a number of years. I haven't even touched it in probably four years. Mm. Um, I have a Winchester Repeater 22, the kind you saw back in the, the on TV for the the uh, old westerns. Yeah, I've got one of the I've got one of those. Just just to have it because I wanted one as a kid. Um, uh, I really I've only shot it once. Um, no, I don't have a Tommy gun. Mm-hmm. Um, I really don't have a uh, uh, a thing about guns, right? Uh, some mm-hmm. people might think that oh, you're manly, you guns. I I have. You know, I like going to a target range. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to hunt as a younger man, mm-hmm. uh, but mostly my hunting was uh, shotgun or bow. Um, I'm very de- I'm very good at archery. Um, our family did archery for many, many, many years, um, and I moved from longbow uh, recurves to compounds, and now I shoot long. Um, and I used to fletch my own arrows and all of Ooh. that. Um, yeah, that was fun actually. Making your own arrows is pretty. Um, so I did a lot of that kind of stuff. Uh, but basically, my my whole weaponry thing right now is I go to rent fairs and I throw axes. So see, that's nice. just downright awesome. Oh, oh that, that's right. I have I have a forty. I have a uh, a bearded Viking uh, 
axe that I throw. It's a two-hand. See, that's just awesome. And now there's, like, even bars that allow you to go in and, like... Yeah, that's it's become a thing now that they have, mm-hmm. you know, axe-throwing at bars. They actually have axe-throwing places that are bars. And it's sort of a really cool tomahawk kind of thing. Um, but, yeah, I really, I need to go to... I think they have one in San Francisco now. Go check out. Dude, but they have a rule where, you, like, you can't touch your drink and the axe at the same time? No, 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 no. Drink, be on the table, don't drink an axe. No drinking and axing. No, 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 no. Yeah. I but, enough, but if I spot you at a if I spot you at a Ren Fair, Dusty, I'll, I'll have to show off weapons with you. Yes. Yes. Definitely don't ever do it at home, especially no matter how much drywall mud you have. Yes. <laughs> so number seven, besides My Little Pony, obviously, are there any TV shows that you love to watch that just grab your attention and you can't let go? Um. Well, I was a very big fan of, fan of the new Voltron. Um, so I watched that. I tried to get into the new She-Ra, couldn't do it. I don't know why, it just didn't, it didn't hook me. Um, I'm sort of waiting for the new Agretzko that's coming out. Yes! yes! Season 2 of Agretzko is coming out next week. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, I'm, I'm really, I don't watch TV that much anymore. I mean, we've cut the cable here, so basically if, if it's not online, I'm not watching it. Um, we, I do watch some of the Netflix stuff. Uh, I have Crunchyroll, so I watched a number of animes uh, lately. Um, there's one called Money Pitch, which was all about baseball. I love that one. Um, there was uh, Bokran, which was Japanese schoolgirls doing motorcycle club at their high school, which mm-hmm. was kind of cool because it was all different motorcycles. Nice. Um, that hooked me. Uh, I'm sort of waiting for season two on that one. Hopefully they have a season two. It hasn't been announced yet. Um, I liked the first season of One Punch Man. Couldn't get into the second season because it changed animation houses and it's just not as good. Yeah. Um, and but really, other than that, I didn't. I was never on many TV shows. Um, I, I didn't watch any Game of Thrones until like this year. I saw like two episodes of Game of Thrones. That was it. Um, never saw it. I watched Vikings for a little while, uh, but I got boring, so I watched. I stopped watching that. Um, how, but how yeah, I just haven't. Boring. Well, it was too predictable. Oh, right. It was really, you know, uh, I saw this coming a mile away. But that's because I played a ninth century Norseman in the SCA. I, I kind of know how they think. So it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah that's going to happen two episodes from now. What happened to that happened? So. Like some of it follows it. So yeah, I'm with you. I'm not watching it right now either for that reason. And then the final question from Mugany before we move on is: Do you read any fan fiction? I'm a voracious fanfiction. Ooh. Any yeah. particular authors that catch your eye? Um, not really particularly. Um, just things that catch my eye. You know, it's, it's, I'll start reading up a couple paragraphs, and if it hooks me, I'll read most of that chapter. And if the chapter hooks me, I'll keep reading it. If not, then I won't. Um, uh, clear Skies. Clear, I like Clear Skies. He's, he's pretty good. In writer, um, yeah. I'm sort of behind. I'm sort of behind on that that series. Like, Jesus, seven or eight chapters, which can be about you know a million words. <laughs> Each yeah. of his chapters is like twenty five or twenty eight thousand. It's like, dude, I'm seven chapters behind. Oh my god. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Now then, we're up with Hawthorne Bunny. He says, "Welcome back. Good to have you back." Thank uh, you. In your years of doing conventions, 
Is there anything you know now that you wish you had known when you first started out doing cons? Oh, um, hmm. Uh, vodka isn't water is probably a good start. Yeah, vodka isn't water. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, when I got into doing conventions, I was pretty much fully-fledged Dusty Cat, right? People like to see me. Um, I really wished that I knew a little bit more about the whole fame thing, you know, how, how to deal with it. Because uh, the first couple of years were tough. First couple of years, I, I made, you know, some mistakes that I wish I could take back. Right. Um, but that's part of learning. That's part of growing up. It's part of, you know, dealing with something you've never dealt with before. But I was doing it in the public eye. Um, so, sure, I wish I'd known a little bit better on how to handle uh, fame. And actually, uh, Nicole Oliver, of all people, tried to warn me about it. And, you know, me being a younger guy, I'd really, I, I listened to her, but didn't take it to heart. And sure enough, it, it happened. And I went, Oh, now I understand what she meant. So yeah, it, and, uh, that was kind of the, the, the eye opening moment. Um, but I really wish I had, I've known how to, to deal with fame earlier. Um, what was your first convention that you ever went to pony convention? I should say, cause um, there, are the, there are other conventions. BronyCon, New Jersey. So OG BronyCon. Because well, I, no, I know the first time I ran no, across the OG was BronyCon was in New York. Oh, the OG it, BronyCon was New York. And then it moved. Uh, first time I ran across, he was at Sac Brony Expo, and I yes. wasn't sure how far into that. Yeah, the Sac Brony Expo was third or fourth, I think. But I was, yeah. I, I met you early on then. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you met me early on. The uh, but yeah, the, the BronyCon in New Jersey, which I think was the third BronyCon, because they did two in New York, and then they did the one in New Jersey. Then they moved it to where it is now, Baltimore. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the one in New Jersey was the first real brony convention that I went to. Cool. Um, number two, what talent do you most admire or wish that you had? I wish I could play guitar. I, I really, really <laughs> wish that I could play guitar. And, and I physically, I mean, it doesn't matter how much I practice, I can't physically play the guitar because I have a broken forearm. Oh. It, was, it was reset incorrectly in 1984, and it's basically twisted. It's twisted to a point I can't turn my hand over to play certain places. I can't fret certain chords because I can't turn my hand over. Um, I can't play a bar chord at all. It's impossible. So Have you thought I, about just like playing it on your lap like a keyboard? Um, I, I was a very big fan of uh, Jeff Healy when he came out. Um, and he mm -hmm. played it on his lap like a steel guitar. And I, I watched him play, and I watched him play, and I, I just cannot figure out how he's doing it. I just can't. <laughs> so it's like, as a, I, I actually tried playing it on my lap once, and it just sounded like horrible cats in a bag. So, mm -hmm. no, I just, I just you know, I'll, I'll noodle around on the bass, and I'll make these three-string guitars, which are way easier to play. Um, and even then, I'm, I'm making more than playing, so I need to, like, sit down and, and physically learn how to play the three-string guitar. Um, I can I can noodle on it and I can kind of get by, but I really I really need to sit down and uh, and put the screws to it and learn how to play it right. Totally, totally fair. I'm sure that's probably a surprise to some people. I already saw the yeah. chat like freak out because of that. Yeah, the chat lit up. They're like, "But you make so many guitars." That is that is true. I make a lot of guitars, um, and like I, I made Sunset Shimmer's guitar basically because I'd never made a guitar before. 
it, it was a challenge to make a guitar. And it came out really cool. And then I made one for Peter New, and, and he is a guitar player, so he was very happy to get it. Um, then I started making three-string guitars, and I can noodle on three-string guitar because I can make a slide, I can, I can, because they're open G chord, I can noodle on three or four or five chords. Um, but I'm making them faster than I can learn them. So that's <laughs> like, I get one done, and I start another one. Um, I can play a bit of three-string guitar, but I, I want to be better at it, and you always get better by practice, and I just need to sit down and I need to do it. Um, same thing with bass guitar. I was I was getting to a point where I was getting okay at bass guitar, but life happened, and I haven't practiced in a year or so, so I'm back mm -hmm. to square one again. Yeah, um, I'm not feeling all too well. Yeah, so yeah, I've got a lot of instruments. I build a lot of instruments, but can I play them? Eh, only only kind of. Yeah, this sort of sounds like a bad monkey's paw deal that you made. Like, I want to be able to make guitars, granted, but not. But you can't play them. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. But I have a really nice Sunset Shimmer guitar sitting on my mantle downstairs. I get to stare on it every day because I built that. Yeah. Now, this is it doesn't segue into number three, but number three is also a very exciting and interesting question. Uh, story attached. I didn't know the story. Speaking of attached, hey, are you allowed to arm wrestle at cons anymore? Um, allowed? Nobody's nobody's never not allowed me to do that. <laughs> um, I could do that whenever I want to. Do I want to? No. That's that's a thing that's come and gone. Okay, I, I, we did that as a WWE haha. It's like okay, let's do this arm wrestling thing because. Applejack and Rainbow Dash arm wrestled in, a, in an episode. So let's do a WWE-style arm wrestling thing for charity, right? And let's do it on stage, and let's have some fun with it. And I did that for, like, three years, and it culminated in this huge thing where, you know, my character got beat. So basically, it's over. Um, he's he's defeated, and, you know, the the new champion is out there. But it's it got to a point where it ran its course. Right, and it, we did it for excuse me, four years, and it ran its course, and it was fun, and basically it was like beating a dead horse. It was it was over, and could I just if somebody comes up and go, come on, Dusty, I want to arm wrestle you, I'm going to say no, because I actually hurt somebody doing that, and it was wasn't intentional. Um, the uh, the combatant went to the gym earlier in the day and got everything he thought loose, but what he did is he basically stretched everything out. Um, and got himself, you know, um, ready to be injured, if you want to call it that. And on the second pull, he basically yanked a muscle in his bicep. And uh, it didn't break his arm. What it did is it, po it popped a muscle. So basically, he, he tore, a, tore a tendon off of his bicep. Um, yeah, it was, it, was it was painful, and it was painful, and it was real. And basically, I hurt somebody doing that, and I don't want to hurt anybody. So basically, um, if you ask me to arm wrestle you at a convention, I won't do it. And being at the convention that happened, I'm not going to name names, but I remember it, it, it circulated so fast when it happened, and people initially thought it was an act. They thought it was like part of the show. Yeah, they did, people and it like, wasn't. No, it, it, it was. Wasn't. It was not. Yeah, luckily uh, Tyler was there to step in, so we could finish the show. Um, but yeah, it was not planned at all. I did not want. To, in fact, I was destroyed when. We got everything out of that room, took it back up to my hotel room, and dumped everything down. And you can ask Tyler and Miriam and everybody. I cried. I cried because I heard him. 
And it's like, I was very upset that I had hurt somebody doing this. I almost didn't do it again. I said, we're done. I don't want to hurt anybody. This is not the way this, this is supposed to be fun. It wasn't supposed to hurt anybody. And I, I broke down crying because he, he was a good dude. He was I'm very, I'm very empathic. And he's a friend of mine. I felt so bad about him getting hurt. And it was like, he was supposed to spin DJ that night and he's hurt. And it's like, I screwed up his weekend and I, I felt that I did, but it was like, you know, I, I, I there was a couple hours there. I was in control. I just I stayed in my room and trying to get my my shit together. Mm. He held it over your head. It's not like he hated you forever. It's, it's no, he didn't. Like hold, he no. didn't hold it over me at all. Not for a second. He, you know, he came back that night and basically gave me a hug. It, just, it was it was great. It was wonderful. And and I got to carry Tara Strong in my arms. It was un- it was wonderful. I'm going, dude. I hurt you. He said, don't worry about it. It's like he made jokes about it to me. Like he made yeah, he, lots and lots of jokes. He made he made tons of jokes about it. And it's like, well, th- that was really cool of him to do. It's like I it really took a lot of pressure off of me because I, I was feeling very bad about it. I'm sure probably now, like now that time's passed in some way, oh, like, yeah, people yeah, will twist big, your arm about it. It's but, a big joke, actually. I mean, yeah. I, every now and then when me and him get, you know, in a Twitter or something or other, you know, we'll talk about, you know, the broken arm. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Which wasn't actually broken. Which wasn't actually broken. He just pulled a muscle. Right. Oh, good. It's it's good to hear when, you know, so, something that is like that can kind of just, you know, become dust in the wind. Oh, yeah. It was great. <laughs> so the next question that we got while Pencil fields the chat is from Shorts, and Explosions, the writer of Background Pony. I'm sure he's frustrated at this point. I always say that. But what his question is, what doth life? What doth life? Yes. Well, life doth lemon meringue pie. Lemon meringue pie. Lemon meringue pie. Oh man, I haven't had a good lemon meringue pie since Vegas. Lemon meringue pie. <laughs> Oh, we have a question from the chat, by the way. Okay. Um, this talk of your weapons has some of our viewers intrigued, and they want to know if there's any place they can view pictures of these weapons. Nope. On nope. Twitter, I, anything I, like that? Nope, nope, nope. I, uh, I keep my weaponry pretty much, you know, close to the vest. I do that because, because I, I'm the same. Because there, there's no need for anybody to know or see that what I've got, unless I'm like, if I go out to an archery range and I'm shooting and I want to show off my shooting, then yeah, you'll see my weapon. If I'm throwing axes or I'm at a, a ren fair and I'm wearing my, my gear and that's part of the picture, sure, you get to see my axe. But there's no reason for me to take pictures of them and put them online. None. If, I, if I'm in full costume, I get my sword. If I'm in full so. costume and I have my weaponry with me and there's a picture for it meant to be there, sure, not a problem. But, you know, there's no reason for me to take a picture of my, my revolver. There's no pic- no reason for me to take a picture of, of any of the other stuff unless it's part of a costume and I'm out somewhere doing costumey things. Um, so there's no reason for me to actually show anybody that. It's, it's all personal stuff. After a certain point, it kind of it kind of becomes bragging. Not trying to put yeah. words in your mouth. but Well, I don't... It's <sighs> Weapons have their place. Right. Okay. It's a very hot-button topic. Like. It's a very hot-button topic. Weapons have their place. And... To me, the place for my revolver is in the gun safe. 
the place for my shotgun is in the gun safe. The place for my 22 repeaters in the gun safe. Unless I'm going to go to the range and I'm going to shoot with it, it's in the gun safe, right? It doesn't need to be advertising that you have weapons that could be stolen. Well, for one, um, and and two, nobody needs to know what I've got, right? It's It's like, like okay, well, yeah, I might have this, but okay, it looks neat, but it's mine and it's in my gun safe. Why do you need to see it? It's It's just if you go. You know, look up Ruger Redhawk revolver. You'll see a picture of it. It's just the same as mine. It's just not mine. <laughs> you can you can look it up on uh, Google and see what one looks like. If yeah. that helps. Yeah. Uh, Moon is a knife enthusiast, so I think that is why she so was interested. I'm a knife yeah. enthusiast. I have uh, Gil Hibbard. I have two Gil Hibbard um, fantasy daggers, oh. which are which are really nice. Um, some of the early ones too. So uh, I have two of those. And I'm a very huge on, you know, handmade dagger knives. I, I really do like them. I haven't had the money to buy one um, lately. But now that I have a new job that makes me bank, I might actually buy one at the Ren Fair this year. If I think oh. Yeah. So, um, nice. Yeah. yeah, I love some of that custom-made steel. I love custom-made steel. Oh, yes. See, all I've got is love, and it's what I got. Let's stop and move to the preview. Moving on. Go. Super Trampoline (laughs) is up next. Oh, this question's awkward. Okay. Well, let's let's ask it, and then if it's too weird, we'll tell Super Trampoline to Uh, (laughs) not swearing. It it, it comes away slightly as rude, but... uh, Okay, let's do it. Why didn't you come to my EQLA after after party? Um, this was three years ago? That's 2017. 17. So yeah. it was, yeah, three years ago. Um, to tell you the truth, because it was so far off, off the, uh, uh, property, I mean, it was like six miles away, if I remember. Ooh, right. uh. it, it wasn't, it wasn't close. Um, yikes. I just had uh, I had a feeling that it wasn't in my best interest to be that far off property when I had to be on a plane at like seven in the morning, the next day. Oof. So yeah. it, I I just made a I made a decision uh, that I shouldn't leave the property when I had to go so early in the morning to the airport, and I had no way of contacting anybody at that party. And I'm sorry that I didn't show up, but it was uh, a decision at the time that I shouldn't go off property, get drunk, and miss my flight. I think that's um, the right and safe thing to do, especially like with people, a lot of people, especially here, considering going to their very first con with the last Brony con. It, yeah. when you, if you get invited to go do something that is off con grounds, you, you're kind of putting your life in your own hands there. Like, if you yeah, don't it, know it, the people, you need to be safe. Yeah, bring a buddy. Bring a buddy. Um, it, it's, it was just too far off site, and I made a decision that I shouldn't go. Uh, and I'm sorry I couldn't get a hold of you because I, I didn't have any contact. Well, it's kind of like the guy that we ran into at BabsCon. I mean, e- moving on. Money on Ooh, bap, bap, bap. Moving no, on. no, no, we do not name names or cause drama. I don't, I don't know names. All I do is I, I know a face and that's it. But, People should not try to insert themselves in groups or follow others to parties without a buddy. That is what we will say. <laughs> yep. Jammer is up next. Who asks, has the cast been nice to you so far? Um, you, The cast here or the cast from MLP? 
Us, what what cast are we talking about? Man, we're in this place where we have to make this distinction. Normally, it's the people. <laughs> normally, people that we interview don't have a whole lot of correspondence with the cast from the show. Well, have we been nice to you? Let's start with that. Yeah, well, yeah, the 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 podcast here has been very nice to me. I mean, uh, they've welcomed me in both times. We were having a great time. We had a great time last time. Yeah, they've been nothing but nice. The show. Uh, same. I've uh, anybody I've met that worked on My Little Pony has been amazing. Um, nobody has really been too much of a diva, right? To not talk to me, mm-hmm. and they, they most of them have known who I am. Um, I mean, when I went to Everfree Northwest this year, all of the student six who did, weren't all, who didn't already know me came up to me, gave me a hug, saying, "Oh, I've heard so much about you." So, so obviously I'm a rumor mill going around Vancouver. It's like, <laughs> oh. That's sweet though. That's sweet though. Yeah, it's 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 really weird that you know professional voice actors in Vancouver are talking about me for kind of loud. It's always awesome when you have a little home somewhere else like Canada. Oh yeah, it's like uh, I've got open invitations for couches in two or three places in Vancouver. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I have to do a show up, yeah. Uh, I'm going to go through the rest of these questions before we do our mid-roll ad. Um, Number one, uh, what does one need to lose to gain a mustache? Oh. um, You need to lose... What's the word I'm looking for? Um... You need to lose your inhibitions. Basically, a mustache will immediately give you a sort of savoir-faire to other people that you have your life together enough that you can grow lip hair and not give a shit. Well, well said. Now then, um, I'm sure you, being the product of the 80s, obviously, uh, are aware of John Carpenter's The Thing. Yeah, didn't like it. Didn't like it? Nah, didn't like it. I I am not a horror fan. I, in fact, abhor horror movies. I hate them. Really? Well... What if we I talk- can't even watch Alien because Alien is supposed to be science fiction, but it's a horror movie. Or, I, it is I, it's science fiction horror, absolutely. It's science fiction horror. I can't watch horror movies, and it comes down to uh, when I was growing up, uh, my parents had us pretty young, so and there was a drive-in theater. Remember drive-in theaters, people? Oh um, yes. Between my hometown and the town south, um, so my dad got a camper shell for the back of the truck put a mattress in the back and they would put us kids in the back to go to sleep while they went to the, the drive-in. Um, and of course we never went to sleep. We were kids. So they went to watch horror movies and I watched, and I would peek around the curtain to watch the horror movie um, when I was like five, six and it really uh, stuck in my psyche that you know, I really, really, really don't like them. I really don't like horror movies at all. Um, so I, I just can't even watch them. That's totally fair to each their own. 
But what if we took the thing and stuffed it inside of a pony? And made let's, it... let's rephrase. What if we made the creature from the thing into a pony? Let, let me be very clear. We're not putting anything inside a pony. <laughs> so um, what, you, what you want is a neighbor for the Hydra. Well, so let me see if it'll do it. Hey, there she is. Or maybe a little cuter for him. Oh, here's a cuter um, one. Eh. Eh. Would you give it a hug? No, not at all. No. <laughs> Just no. No. If, if you if you guys know Baron Engel, the artist, if you go to his deviant art, he has an entire folder full of eldritch horrors. Oh, from, from his dreamscapes. Yeah. Yep. So if you go to his deviant art. Baron Engel, mm-hmm. and Baron there was Engel. a there was a year of his dreamscape that where basically Apple Bloom, Apple Bloom was being taken over by some elder horrors, and Ooh. there's a lot of drawings of of those elder horrors um, in that folder. That I know I that, that my life. Whoever likes these things would love that. Yes, absolutely. Yes, yes. I need that. Thank you. So, Thank you. We'll look into that and buy some of his art because some of it's for sale. Nice. All right. A little bit of a self-flagellatory question here for the next one, number three. Um, if you had to hug anyone on the barcast, why would it be Enigma? That's I, me, by the way. Why would I hug Enigma? <laughs> That's a great question. We have we don't have an answer to that yet. Well, I don't know Enigma. Ooh. <laughs> Another father figure pretending not to know me. <laughs> Savage. Number four. We'll move. We'll move away from that one. Um, has the disappointment kicked in yet? Um. Yeah, I turned fifty. Oh no. <laughs> so yeah, I, like actually, I turned fifty-one this year. So yeah, I'm. I have less years on this planet than I that are in front of me than behind me. So, am I disappointed in some of my life? Of course I am. I think everybody is at, when they get to this point. But I'm t- trying my damnedest to turn that around and uh, make the last years of my life on this planet as awesome. Well, there's still plenty of time to make a change and to make a difference. So, that said, we'll jump in to a very, very quick mid-roll ad because we have so many questions, you guys. So many questions. This cast... This particular cast is brought to you in part by viewers like you uh, who support us on Patreon and help raise money for Horse Rescue Charity. Pencil, tell them what they want. Uh, well, you guys, when you donate to our Patreon, we don't get any of that money. That money goes straight to Red Wings Horse Sanctuary in Southern California, which works on rehabilitating rescue horses, um, giving homes to horses and defenses placed from their land, and helping uh, wild horses and horses that come from neglectful, abusive homes uh, around the country. They're really, really amazing, and we sponsor a horse there uh, named Little Bit and help um, fund the food and care that he gets. So keep that in mind. If you donate to us, you can find links that Alex will be posting in the chat. Alex, post on links! Um, then you can make sure that your dollars go to someplace that actually helps real horses. Instead of making jokes this time. So back to you, Priest. Well... You gave it back to me, and now it's time to give the questions back to someone else, because it's time for questions with Vylon. Oh, <clears throat> it's time for questions with Vylon! 
Milan's known for coming on and asking the most disturbing questions that we've ever had on the cast. But that said, it looks like Violon's just asking, how are you today, Dusty? Oh, I'm tired today because I got into work early and this week our main vendor who get orders from us said, hey, all of our first strings are now open. Here's all the projects at once. So all of our CNC machines are running at the same time, and the deadlines are very tight, and a lot of people left early today. So I was all alone in my by myself running two CNC machines for a couple hours on top of running machines all day, and I'm very tired at the moment, um, and it's been like that all week. So I'm doing tired. That's what I'm doing. And after we get done here, I will probably... Take a shower, go down to the garage, work on a cigar box guitar for a little while. Have a cider and just... Re- that sounds so good. That sounds like a great start to the weekend. So, now we're going out to Terry the Human, who is up next. Number one, what is your favorite and least favorite MLP episode? Oh, God. Um, my favorite episode... There's so many of them. Uh, perfect Pair. I think is, will be my favorite, no matter what happens at the end of this. I think that was that's the perfect episode. Um, the worst episode, the toss-up. I mean, the one with the go karts was really stupid. Um, but in in a, it should have been better. Vein, the episode where Rainbow Dash becomes a Wonderbolt was so horribly written mm. that. I can't even watch it. And and everybody knows that I'm such a Wonderbolt fan and I'm such a Rainbow Dash fan. It should have been my favorite episode ever. You know, as soon as I heard she was becoming one, oh my god, this is gonna be great. It was horrible. Well, and it, it was horribly I, rushed, the whole thing. It, well the it, it, the whole I can fix that episode in like two I can fix that episode in two two notes. Okay. It starts the same way with Spitfire coming down and telling Rainbow Dash, you have to fly with us because somebody got injured. Okay? You're, it's already been established she's the number one number one alternate, right? Yeah. So instead of just giving it to her, saying, hey, you need to fly with us this weekend because somebody got hurt, you don't tell Rainbow that that's her dress rehearsal. Right? You yeah. get it right this weekend, you're going to be a Wonderbolt, but you don't tell her that. Mm-hmm. Right? So she comes in the first day of practice and she starts doing some screwing up because she's nervous. Right? And then she has to confide in her friends that evening, like she did, and they they build her back up, and she goes back to practice, and she becomes awesome, and then she does great at, at the, at the uh, show. There's not this contrived thing with Scootaloo, which made no sense, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, she gets done, everybody's proud of her, everybody's clapping, and Spitfire comes up and says, you're now a Wonderbolt, because that was, you know, you had to get through this and be a professional. Now you're Wonderful. It would have been a much better moral to the whole damn story, and it would have been much better done, but it didn't get done because they gave that stinking script to somebody who hadn't written for the show before. Oh. oh so they had no idea what the characters were about. They had no idea what the history was. So basically they gave that script to somebody who'd never written for the show before. It was such a it was a, such a lynch pin moment in the entire series and you gave it to somebody who didn't know what the heck they were doing. True. Uh, well, 
Well, that episode easily clinches the least favorite for you, but what about your favorite? What what one can you just keep on watching? I, I told you. Perfect pair. Oh, gosh. Sorry. Yeah, right. he, he, in the very beginning, because there's more to say about an episode that sucks yeah. versus an episode that was yeah. good. It's so, perfect so pair. true. Like I said, Perfect Pair will be my number one episode all the way through, no matter what happens in the rest of the season. No matter what happens. But it Perfect Pair was a 100% well-done episode. There's no part of that episode that I think could be changed to make it any better. None. Well, I will tell Bill Newton that you say so. <laughs> me and Bill are me and Bill are tight. I know. I know. I talk to Bill all the time. Great guy. Number two, um, out of all the different charity auctions and all the panels and all the cons you've gone to, I'm sure you have a vivid experience of being a brownie. But what Terry asks is, what is your favorite memory of being a brownie? Ooh, favorite memory. That's that's gonna be difficult. Because there's so many. Um, I think the first time I moderated a panel, which was the Men of MLP at Everfree Northwest, um, when I had Lee Tokar and let's see who else was on that panel. Peter New and uh, Andrew Francis were on that panel, and I had like little fake mustaches set out. And before <laughs> the panel even started, I had a, a Twilight Sparkle cosplayer come up and do number 25 and I had them all slam these fake mustaches on. So it just started <laughs> off the whole thing being so funny. And then in the middle of the whole thing, uh, William Anderson, who had flown up from LA on his own, just showed up. So I stopped the whole panel. I said, William Anderson, get on this panel right now. And <laughs> brought, brought William Anderson on and, and we just had such a, a gas doing that panel. And that was so much fun. Um, uh, that's just one of many wonderful um, memories that I've had uh, in this whole thing. I mean, it, you couldn't say just one because uh, there's been a ton of wonderful, wonderful times. Well said. Then number three, we got a preference question. Uh, which of these two characters is worse, Zephyr Breeze or Spoiled Rich? Ugh. That's kind of hard to say because they're both kind of they're both kind of for different reasons. Yes, but but I'll give you this: Zephyr Breeze, before they made him the ineptitude guard, had turned himself around. Right, he had gotten a job, started cutting hair, and turned himself around. And then for some reason, they threw him in there to be the inept guard. Right, just basically they were playing with the whole Rainbow Dash Zephyr Breeze. Uh, thing right um so he sort of brought his whole thing back just because he was trying to woo rainbow dash but zephyr was turning his life around so i i think that zephyr's getting a lot better than spoiled rich spoiled rich is just spoiled rich she has never had a good turn right she's always been the snooty mom she's never had that um come to jesus moment where she sees the error of her ways. She hasn't had that yet. I don't think she will. She said that's just the character she is. So I, I would say Spoiled Rich is, is worse than Zephyr Breeze, because Zephyr is making an attempt to turn his life around. Hate to also, Spoiled Rich is kind of ruining a child's life in the process. Yes. So. Mm. Oh, yeah. I, I, I and hate to break... And we have not seen Diamond Tiara since that episode. 
See, that's, yeah, that's been a major frustration. Like, if they took so much time to, to build her up as a character. Yeah, and, and now she's gone. So we haven't she's seen alive. her. We haven't seen her. We haven't seen Silver Spoon. We haven't seen Babseed in I, I, years. I, I hate to break this to you, Dusty Cat, but Zephyr Breeze was only given that guard position because Luna knew he would mess up. Yes, I understand that. <laughs> okay, that's what I'm saying. He was given that spot to fail, right? Because that's what, you know, the, I, I understand that. But that's what I mean is he that didn't actually uh, turn him down in my, my, my eyes, right? He's turning his life around with his hairdresser. So basically he was put in that position to fail. So therefore I'm, I can't dock him for that. Yeah. But yes. spoiled rich, it's all on her. Then number four. What are your favorite male-female ships for the show? Oh. Um, okay, well, uh, Bright Mag Pear Butter. Yes. Um, Mr. and Mrs. Bon bon Cake. Bon Bon Lyra. Ooh. Um, yeah. Uh, vinyl Octavia. Mm -hmm. um, Big Mac uh, Sugar Bell. Mm. Uh, Dr. Hooves and Derby. Of course. Um... And oh, scandalous, scandalous, but the Spa Twins. Whoa, scandal! Honestly, oh. all of those are classics until you get to the Spa Man. Twins. I, I like where this is going. This I, I am, I am a Spa Twins fan. In fact, there's one set there, a second set there, a third set there, a fourth set there, a fifth set there, and the big ones I just got it at uh, Evergreen Northwest. So I'm furiously have, taking notes. I have so. seven sets of them. So. Tell me more. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with twins. Anyway. <laughs> Are you saying two? Let's, before, before this gets weirder because rated PG-13. Moving on. <laughs> Number five. How much of a Mary Sue is Flurry Heart? Um... That's a tough question. She's... If she was a Mary Sue, right, mm -hmm. she wouldn't have destroyed her own castle by sneezing. Okay. Um, no, she'd have repaired it. Yeah. A Mary Sue is a character that has nothing go wrong. Ever. Right? They're, they are pristine, and nothing ever happens to them, and nothing ever goes wrong. Well, Flurry Hart has had a number of things go wrong. Um, her parents have had to dig her out of it. Um, I would have liked to have seen her grow up a little bit before the end of the whole series, but that's not going to happen. I would have liked to have seen Apple Bloom and Scootaloo and Sweetie Belle grow up a little bit, but that's not going to happen. Um, maybe the, maybe they're saving that for G5. I don't know. But uh, I wouldn't call her a huge Mary Sue. Mild Mary Sue. Not a huge one. On that case, uh, number six ties in well, because is Furry Heart a demon? Hmm. <laughs> It's those eyes. You could almost, you could almost say any pre-two-year-old's a demon. Having <laughs> <laughs> so, babysat, this is correct. Yeah, ha having <laughs> having been a babysitter in a younger life, yeah, anything prior to three years old is pretty much a demon. Uh, so because they, they don't understand wants and needs, <laughs> right? A want is they need it. Period. Oh, end yeah. of sentence. There's no wants and needs. There is no no. Right. There's only uh, I and me. There's only there's I. Only... Yeah, there's only I, me, and what I want. So, yeah, mm. it's it's, Ow. yeah, pretty horrible. 
How do I exercise the toddler? You do not. <laughs> you don't. You pray and wait. You pray and you wait till they grow up enough to understand basic language. Yep. And no sugar. God forbid. Do not give them sugar. Do not. Like the gremlins. Yes. <laughs> you, know, you pour water on them and they turn into nasty little horrors. Well, that's kind of how kids are with sugar. I have uh, over 15 nieces and nephews, so I know this for a fact. Good lord. I'm sorry, right. <laughs> Let's uh, mosey on into the next question here. We still got so many. Uh, what is the better story? Uh, Fallout Equestria or Pro uh, Fallout Equestria Fall Project Horizons? I haven't read either one. Very fair. Uh, uh, I, can't, I can't give you a, an honest answer. Totally fair. I played. I played a character in Fallout Equestria. Oh, when did in the you... radio play? Yeah. Oh, tell us about yeah. that a little bit. Uh, sure. I played a character named Backstrap. Um, so I don't know if he's in the stories, but he was in uh, East Corp Productions' version of uh, Terminal Secrets. Mm -hmm. So uh, Backstrap is a ghoul. Um, he's called Backstrap because he's only from the belly button up. His guts basically hang out, but he's still alive. So our main character meets him in a shack, and he is in a sink. And he, he starts talking to her, and she can't find him. And then finally she comes over and, and finds him in the sink and is all afraid of him. He goes, what, what, are we in trouble? And she goes, what are you? I am a ghoul. What are you? And, and... I am a pony. I was like, oh, yeah, well, he had somebody who was carrying him around in a backpack, but that guy took off, so he's been stuck there. So he convinces her to take him along to try and, you know, help her with the ghoul problem that's outside the shack. And while she's taking him along, he ends up turning into full ghoul on her back. Um, oh. So, yeah, it, it's, sort of a, it's sort of a sad thing. Um, so, yeah, backstrap is gone, but he was fun to play. I'd ask Enigma was was Backstrap in any of the stories you've read? Since I know you are a connoisseur. The thing no. the thing he's talking about is uh, they were doing a radio play with original characters and original stories. Right. Okay. So well. I didn't know, that's why I asked whether he was in the original story. Oh, yeah, no, he wasn't. Okay, then I know. Then I know that now. Cool. In original. I now then, my pair, <laughs> my pear butter enthusiast friend, mm. do you like ponies that have freckles? That is not oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Freckle, <laughs> freckle ponies are the cutest. Applejack is, is amazing. Uh, yeah. Uh, any any freckle pony is amazing. Now then, number nine. If you had the chance to be in Equestria, who would you befriend if you were a pony? Um, well, if I was in Equestria as a pony, I would probably be a blacksmith or a mechanic of some kind. So therefore the first thing I would want to do is go over and befriend the Apple family because they keep breaking things and guess <laughs> what? I can fix them. So therefore there's bits there. Um, so I would want to establish my business by talking to the major businesses in the area. I'd go talk to Rarity. I'd go talk to Fuyapalheers. I would go talk to uh, Filthy Rich and see if there's anything I could fix for them like carts that are broken or anything like that, so I could establish my business, which would probably be two or three, you know, hectares outside Sweet Apple Acres, so I was close enough to actually, you know, fix a bunch of things without being too noisy to town. 
That's why you never see. That's why you never see me in the show because my shop is so far outside Sweet Apple Acres. It never ends up being on camera. Did you work on Flimmin' Flam's weird contraption? Yes, yes, and that thing. I told them not to speed it up too fast. It would break. But no, do they listen to me? God. <laughs> see, the entire show would just be fine if you just listened to Dusty. What would Dusty just, do? If you just followed directions, they would have won. But no. They, they lost because they didn't follow my directions. Whole show changed. <laughs> now then, uh, last but not least, from Terry the Human, we have a picture. How does this OC make you feel? What do you think? Um, it, feel, it makes me feel two things. One, I want to cuddle it and make sure that n nobody in the world will ever hurt it. Two, I would make sure it gets nowhere near my neck. <laughs> I think these are both very fair. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, the next <laughs> yeah, question yeah. is from the other other guy who asks, how does this picture make you feel? Horrible. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's creatine on a scale unseen since... Jesus, what the hell? Uh... <laughs> Yeah, uh, the, you know, you know, horse steroids. Yeah, that that's horse steroids. <laughs> this is what happens it, when you never I'm skip not saying, day. You know what? I'm not saying it's horse steroids, but it's horse steroids. <laughs> and, and you know it's steroids because look at her wings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's gonna be some shrinking somewhere. Let's stop. Let's stop. Okay, next. Yeah, we're moving on to Seton now. Who says number one? If you had to be shipwrecked on a desert, deserted island, not a deserted island, uh, and all your human needs, such as food or water, are taken care of, what two personal items would you want to have with you and why? Uh, deserted island. Two things. Hmm. <sighs> Let's see. I would probably want a flare gun. And Checks out. <sighs> a guitar I can't play. Because therefore, it, it would make me, force me to actually learn how to play it because I've got nothing else to do. But if a ship comes by, guess what? Flare gun. There you go. Or if a ship is, is sailing by, they'll hear the dulcet tones of guitar attempts. Yeah, yeah plink, plank, plunk. Help, I only know how to play Smells Like Teen Spirit and it's getting old. <laughs> Number two. What would be the song that best describes your work ethic? Oh. Um, God, that's tough. Um, I've got a really weird memory. I, I don't remember the names of songs. I, I know I, I know a song when I hear it, but I don't always know the names of all the songs I know. Um, so it, it's very difficult. That kind of question is very difficult for my brain. Mm. Um, that's like when I go to karaoke. I'm very good at karaoke, but I, I can I know the song in my head, but I don't know the name of it. And well, you can I don't even sing a line it. for us. Um, but even then, I, I right now I can't even think of a, a song about you know my work ethic because mm -hmm. it's my work ethic comes and goes. And sometimes I'm kind of, eh, I'll get to it. And other times I'm like, I have to get this done. I won't eat for days. Sometimes um, you just, can't stop, won't stop, and sometimes you're working yeah. for the weekend. Yeah, so it's I'm, you know, I'm 51 years old. I'm I've never been to a doctor for this, but I've pretty much figured out I'm high level high high functioning autistic. 
because when I do get that that thing, right, that bone that I'm working on, I will not stop. If it's a weekend, I won't eat. Sometimes I won't sleep. But I got to get that thing out of my head and on the bench. Done. Um, that's how a couple of things, you know, the, the Lunchbox guitar came about. I had this idea, and I said, oh, I, I, oh my God, I'm going to buy this thing and go do this thing. And I didn't stop until it, it worked. And it, it took me like six or seven hours. And I didn't eat lunch, and I didn't drink anything. And at the end of it, I'm going, why do I feel so bad? Oh, yeah, I forgot to eat. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. Um, so, yeah, I've had friends go, you know, come up to me and go, have you eaten lately? It's like, what are you working on? Um, yeah, so it's uh, it's just one of those things where when I get that that idea almost fully fully formed in my head, I have to get it out and onto the bench, you know, and just make it right. Totally fair. Now, last time uh, when Seton asked this question, he was known as Runway Jet, and he went into the last video that we posted of your last interview, and you said that bag milk is the best kind of milk. Has your opinion changed in the matter? Hell no. No, bag milk is awesome. Oh, my ba God. Bag, bag milk is the only way to get icy cold milk, okay? Because the only way to get icy cold milk in a, in a, in a uh, plastic jug is you have to put it in the freezer, right? And right. get the plastic cold. Well, the thinner the plastic, the colder the milk can get. So basically, you can put that in the refrigerator, back by the fan in the back, and you get icy cold milk over Fruit Loops. <sighs> but I mean, if you're you, putting you that... ain't lived, you ain't lived until you had icy cold milk over Captain Crunch. <laughs> you can I mean, have all mine, my dude. You can have all of mine. If I you prefer think. my my milk warm. <laughs> Heathen. <laughs> I prefer mine with vodka and Kahlua, so. I want my my freshly squeezed cow juice warm, not frozen. Speaking of cow juice, the next question <laughs> is from Moosetasm. <laughs> Moosetasm, yes. I I have decided that that is their new name. Not Moosetasm, Moosetasm. So, number one, number one, Equestria. Do you consider it a vacation spot or a permanent residence for you? Um, if I could go there, it'd be a permanent residence. Nice. If I could, if I could, if I could go there and establish a shop of some kind and be useful to Princess Celestia and the ponies, then I would go in a heartbeat. I'm sure there's a lot of calm things to be had there, a calm lifestyle. Yeah. I mean, for like, but then every once a week, stuff will go down. Sir, sir, plenty, plenty of things to fix. That's only if you live I would never run out of work. It's true. Cleanup crew. You would, ha you would be the best cleanup crew. Perfect. What do you do when some wild-eyed, eight-foot-tall maniac grabs your neck, taps the back of your favorite head up against the barroom wall, that's weird, and looks you crook in the eye and asks if you pay your dues? What? Yeah. I don't know, man. I mean, that's, that's, uh, I'm reading over to see if I missed a word somewhere, but that's what it is. You're asking me if somebody bigger than me grabbed me by the throat, shoved me up against the wall, and asked me if I paid my dues. Yeah, what do you do? What would you do? Take my steel boat toe boots and kick them in the nuts. <laughs> Smart! Then, when he's down on the ground, kick him in the head. Then, when he's unconscious, kick him in the nuts again. Then I would call the cops. You don't put your hands on me. Oh. Mm. Is true. Smart. Um, 
there's a few miscellaneous questions here, so out of interest of time, getting to all the other ones, I'm going to skip to the last one. Uh, but I will do the bridge keeper voice. What is the most outrageous piece of pony crafts you have ever created? Oh, um, I wouldn't call it outrageous, but the 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 most difficult thing I ever built was a Sunset sh Shimmer guitar, which I've never built a guitar before. I made all my mistakes on a guitar, and it still came out awesome. Um, so that I think is is the most outrageous thing I've ever made, quote unquote, for that specific to pony fandom was was that all right rk striker jk5 is up next number one what is your second favorite non-mlp franchise Ooh, um ooh, that's difficult uh really um probably something you guys don't even know um Science Ninja Two Gajaman. <laughs> okay, in the early 1970s, okay, there was a show in Japan called Science Ninja Team Gachaman. It was brought over by Sandy Frank Enterprises to the United States and redubbed, and some animation was redone and called Battle of the Planets. It was also called G Force and Wing Riders later on when it was recut again and again. But the original show was done in between 69 and 71 in Japan before it was brought over and then force-fed to every little kid in America between 1971 and 75 um, on, you know, after-school shows that Detroit put on. Um, the Detroit afternoon lineup was Kimba the White Lion, which, of course, was Jungle Emperor, um, Speed Racer, which was Mock Go, 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 and Battle of Planets, which was Science and Team Gatchaman. And I was a freak for Science and Team Gatchaman. I wanted to see that show all the time uh, when I was a kid. I drew every vehicle. I drew all the characters. It would pretty much got me into doing art when I was a kid. Um, I wouldn't be anywhere uh, even thinking about being an artist of any kind without that show. And everybody's quiet because nobody's ever heard of it. Oh, <laughs> no! Because I'm, I'm old. I'm looking it up. Because I'm old. Uh, the name makes me picture, like, some Sentai stuff. It is. Basically, oh. it's, the, it's the original Sentai before Sentai. Basically, it was the five young teen group that was given superpowers by, you know, uh, 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 being genetically modified. Yeah. Um, they, they had five particular vehicles, which all came together into one, uh, but those vehicles went inside the other vehicle. They didn't become one vehicle like Voltron. Um, and basically, it was the original five young teen team show before you had Power Rangers, before you yeah. had any Super Sentai stuff. Basically, it was the show that basically, it was the grandfather of Super Sentai stuff. Wait, was this the one where the, the leader is wearing red and he's got like a little cape thing? No. No, it's not. Hmm. In the show, though, in the early 1970s, the the main bad guy, Berg, Kat, Berg Katze, actually was a transsexual. Really? Yes. Um, basically, what happened was there was a sister and a brother, and they combined and became a very fruity male, um, which was, you never, of course, that didn't come out in the Americanized version. It was basically in the Japanese version. 
Uh, but I didn't even find that out until way later in life. I was like, oh my god, that was that makes sense now of what I saw when I was a kid. Um, but yeah, it was a very ahead of its time show. Um, in fact, the people that own the rights still own the rights and and don't. They've done a live action thing. They've done a couple of redubs or, or redone things. Uh, there's Wing Riders, which I think is on uh, Crunchyroll, which is a uh, G-Force for the 2000s kind of thing, which kind of stunk. But uh, the original show is amazing for its time. Um, it's very Earth-centric. Um, it's based, The basic plot is they're defenders of the Earth against uh, another planet coming to reap the resources of Earth. Um, it was very ahead of its time for the, the early 1970s. Cool. Today I learned. <laughs> Number two that we have from RK Striker is if you're a dusty cat, is furniture polish your your kryptonite? Um, yeah. Well, I don't really like the smell of lemon pledge. Yeah. Well, lemon pledge. And then number three, have you ever had the chance to hang out with Garfield or Heathcliff? Yeah, but, you know, Garfield just sits around and stuffs his face full of food, and he doesn't like to really do anything. You know, Heathcliff, he was pretty cool. He, he was, you know, but then he got into the hard drugs. You know, it, it, he was into, like, marijuana for Whoa. a while, but, but then he got into the hard stuff, and I just couldn't hang out. Yikes. Sounds like people I know from high school. But yeah, it's, it's, that's... That's what happens when you get famous, right? It's, when you get famous as a cat, you go off and do those things. I didn't do those. Yo. It's a Some good people. thing. It's a good thing Marmaduke never fell into that habit. <laughs> Poor Secretariat, though. <laughs> Sunbur for Life is up next. Uh, number one, uh, do you have any particular favorite video game? Oh, um, depends on the era. Um, I grew up with Atari 2600. <laughs> um, so uh, Pitfall was my favorite of that era. Um, then you get on to like Sega Genesis and like most of the Sonic games uh, were my jam back then. Um, then you get into early PlayStation 1 um, and PlayStation 2. And I, I liked most everything racing game that came out for those machines. Um, and then there was uh, uh, Sly Cooper. I like the Sly Cooper games. Anything that's the, that platforming style of game, I liked in that era. So I liked uh, uh, Crash Bandicoot. Um, oh, yeah. And Ratchet and Clank. Um, a lot of those platforming games. But uh, lately, I've been getting into, you know, I, I spent a lot of time on Skyrim. Um, I tried to get into uh, Red Dead Redemption, and its control system is, like, really wonky. Mm -hmm. Um so I'm trying to get into that, but it's, the, the control system is keeping me back. Um, but most driving games, uh, Crash, uh, Burnout, the Burnout series. Oh, I like yes. Oh, I love um, Burnout so much. Yeah, Burnout series were awesome. Um, so I've got a lot of that around the house. I tried getting into Doom because I was really big into Doom way back in the day. But the new Doom, I didn't get into very much. I didn't like it. It's It's different. It's definitely different. Yeah. Uh, so, on that note, do you have any favorite boss fights from those video games? Uh, nah, I, I never really kept track. You know, I just wanted to get past them. I didn't, you know, keep track of which one was the best or which one was the worst. Um, 
I, I just I'm I'm sort of a completist gamer. I like to complete the game and be on to the next game. Mm. Totally fair. Lots of games, very little time. Mm-hmm. Number three. Have you accepted Skeletor, the master of the Come universe? On. My voice hurts Freeze. today. Freeze. Okay, fine. With Freeze. gusto. Fine, fine. <laughs> Have you accepted Skeletor, the master of the universe, into your heart? No. Okay, good. <laughs> and by the way, Beast Man is going to take over for. Trust me. So not many faces. No, Manny Faces. No, Manny Faces is too into himself. Beast oh. Man. Beast Man is the brains of the whole of, of the underworld. There. I mean, he has got a plan going on. You don't even see. Trust me, Beast Man's gonna take over. <laughs> and then number four, we, we went over the next one. Yeah. Yeah, we went over the next one. So then we will go to number five. Our required Dark Soul reference from Sun Bro for Life. Do you even praise, bro? Praise the sun. I what? The, the Dark Souls. Dark Souls. I don't know that game. Okay. Well, then that's your answer. The answer is new. No. Wanderer D is up next. He says, I love Dusty Cat, every brony con. I'll just randomly say hi to him and talk to him for a little bit. He probably never knows who this random dude is, but sending his love. Oh, thank you, dude. I, I, I meet a lot of people. I've met a lot of people over the years of doing this. And some people I'll know by face, because I've met them two or three times. I don't remember their names. But I will remember a conversation I had with them a year ago, a couple years ago. I say hello. Uh, but that's pretty much all you're going to get out of me because I meet so many people. Um, if you're not like a really close friend of mine, I might recognize your face and say hello and be nice because that's who I am. But I just can't remember everybody. And I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, Lone Trooper is up next. He says, number one, uh, what was your most heartwarming moment at a convention that you've experienced? Um, I think everybody knows this story because I've told it so many times, but at the New Jersey BronyCon, I had a couple of little girls come running across uh, the concrete floor and grab each leg and, and hug me and start screaming my name, Dusty, it's so nice to meet you. And I was like, who are you and where are your parents? And here come the parents. And, and mom is giggling and dad has a video camera going and everything is cool. And I get down and I give them hugs and find out that the entire family used to watch my show together. Oh, wow. And it's like, Wow. Yeah, that that's something, you know, when when that hits you. It's like, okay, I'm not just doing this for the occasional pony fan. Families are watching me, so I need to, you know, do it right, if you want to call it that, you know, yeah. you know. And put my entire effort into it if I'm going to do it because people are watching and that's that was the moment, you know. That's amazing. Oh, yes. Then number two is what advice would you give to people who would like to start creating their own podcast or creating a successful YouTube channel and of course not just related to MLP? Um I would I would swear you off YouTube. YouTube is a dead dead platform. If you aren't already an established million viewer channel, there's no way to get in anymore. 
I mean, you, you'll go there and there's no way to get views because the, the top channels all run the algorithm and they're all stealing views from everybody else. And their algorithm is you have to put out videos daily to actually get eyes. If you aren't putting out videos at most every other day or every third day, forget it. Their algorithm shoots you to the bottom and nobody's going to watch you. So it's unless you want to quit your job and make videos for a living and then forget it. YouTube is a, a lost art. Um, if you want to do a podcast, uh, find something that you enjoy because you're going to be doing a lot of it are talking about a lot of it um, and basically start looking for other podcasts on that theme. Um, if there's a ton of them, you're probably not going to, you know, make a dent in the market, right? Unless you bring something that the other podcasts aren't bringing, you know, mm -hmm. that's how you get eyes is or ears is if you're doing something different. Um, the reason my show got popular is because I was the only one that was, was every other week on the dot I had a, somebody live that worked on the show most of the time, or, or they were high up in the in the brony community. Um, but it was live every other week. Live. I was the first show to go live every other week, period. Oh. And that was different than everybody else. Everybody else was doing recorded stuff. You know, you could listen to it whenever. But if you wanted to see my show, you had to be there on Monday nights every week. Um, and then I, we, we would put it up later. But if you wanted to see somebody from the show, right there every other week, and people would come in droves, right? And then at the end of it, it sort of like tapered off, tapered off, tapered off. That's why. And then my co-host left, and that's pr pretty much why I ended it because it basically had run its course. And and everything has a uh, a cycle, right? You'll have this big ramp up, and then everybody goes on to something else. You know, it's, it's happened with My Little Pony. Everybody at the beginning, we had a 10,000-person Bernie Con. Now it's down near 4,000 because everybody's moved on to Rick and Morty and, and Voltron and Aregretsko and all these other new shows, right? And everybody's attention span is that of a gnat nowadays. Mm -hmm. um, but you still have the true fan who still loves the show and is still here, right? And you still have, like, four or 5,000 people showing up at Bernie Con. And we had... You know, a whole bunch of people at Everfree Northwest, you know, and you're going to have those base fans, which are going to continue to come. Um, it's sort of like happened with Star Trek. Star Trek had this great big, huge fan thing that just basically in the 70s, after the show got canceled and is now in reruns, became its own thing. And then when Paramount saw that, they, that there wouldn't be today's Star Trek without Star Trek fandom. Okay. <laughs> if there wasn't a Star Trek fandom, there would be no reason for Paramount to bring it back. None. We wouldn't have had Deep Space Nine. We wouldn't have had Next Generation. We wouldn't have had any of the movies if we didn't have Star Trek fandom. Yeah. Now, uh, number it's an interesting segue, yeah. Yeah, that uh, actually ties in somewhat to the next question. Uh, what are your predictions on the upcoming Generation 5 for My Little Pony, and how do you believe the main six will change as characters? Don't know don't know um most people think i know because i have ears to the ground in places i sh that most people don't um andy price has told me some things um things i can't say but right of course he, yes <laughs> uh but he's the only one who's really told me any right so i i because i only have one 
one source of the news. I'm not really going to put too much stock in it, even though it's Andy. Um, I love Andy. Uh, but everybody has their own tastes. So the uh, we'll find out. I, I, I would rather be surprised. I would rather, you know, all the stuff that's going around, it's like all the stuff that's been leaked, blah, 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 supposedly leaked, blah, blah. I haven't really looked at much of it. I've seen some. I've seen some of the drawings that got you know posted and all that kind of stuff. And I'm going, eh, yeah, it might go in that direction. I hope it doesn't. But you know, they're trying to they're trying to repackage it for another generation, right? Because the little girls that grew up with the generation we have now are mothers. They have their own kids. Oof. You know, yeah, think about it, right? Wow. Some some of the girls that were 15 when they started watching this show when it came out are 25, right? They probably have their own little girls now, right? And introducing them to the ponies, they're their ponies, right? And little girls don't want to watch their mom's show; they yeah. want to watch their show. So it's going to change, um, and we'll we'll find out why, well, or find out how. Um, I'm hoping for good things. Um, I know the way I would lay it out, but that's for us, right? For the, for the bronies is how I would lay it out, but that's not how Hasbro's going to lay it out because they need to sell toys to little girls. So they're going to switch it a lot, right? And well, we'll find out. With that we'll in mind, out. do you think that the next Generation 5 has the opportunity to create like a brony resurgence and bring a whole bunch of new people into this um, fandom? Or do you think that they're going to try to really do something completely different? Um, and obviously, I, this is your opinion, not any information. Yeah. This is my opinion. No information coming out of anywhere that I know. But this right. is my... They're going to completely change it up. And they might have uh, cameos by original characters in Generation 5. Uh, maybe. Who knows? But something to tie in five and uh, 4 and 5. Um if it goes in the direction I think it's going in, which I don't, I can't predict. Um, I would have loved to seen because they played with the thousand years so many times, mm -hmm. right? In the show, it's a thousand years ago, a thousand years ago, maybe a thousand years ago. Well, what if we want a thousand years in the future? Basically, Gen Five is a thousand years from Gen Four. Celestia and Luna have retired. Uh, Twilight is the new power of the sun. Uh, maybe Sunset came back and became the moon. Um, maybe now we have, we've had a thousand years of peace and all of a sudden we've got stuff going on again and Twilight has to go out and find the new bearers of the Elements of Harmony, which might be uh, descendants of the original Elements who have all passed on you know, years and years and years ago. And you have that tie-in between Twilight and the generations of her friends who are now alive um, and she becomes the Celestia to the new main six who are, you know, never knew that they were descendants of the original elements, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and you can change them up where loyalty is an earth pony. Uh, kindness is a, is a, mat, is a, a, a unicorn because bloodlines change as they go through the generations, through the centuries. So you could change them up by doing it that way. That would be the smart play to me. Will it happen like that? <sighs> Probably not. Nobody in corporate America is going to listen to, you know, a creative. <sighs> yeah, right. Yeah, right. right. And in this and in this 
terrible, terrible Skynet-like future. Flurry Hearn is an adult. Yeah, I mean, Flurry Hearn's an adult now. Basically, she's ruling the Crystal Empire because her mom has retired, right? Yeah. So her mom's retired and is now a counselor to Flurry Hart because she's running the Crystal Empire. Um, I mean, there's there's a freaking fan fiction in the middle of this. I, I'm telling you, I can't write for Definitely. shit. Some, somebody somebody please do that for me. I, I don't I'll give you the outline, you, want, you write it. I don't think you want your mom as your supervisor. <laughs> that could be part... That could be part of the uh, problem, right? That could be something to be written about. That could be part of the the Crystal Empire chapters of that story. Is that you know, Flurry Hearts having problems because her mom's being overbearing. It's like she her mom won't allow her to be the ruler she needs to be because she's been the ruler for a century or three. You know, it's it's you don't know what you're doing. I was I was a ruler for seven hundred years. You've only been a ruler for three. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Someone write it. Please do. Now then, moving on to number four, what advice would you give to those who would like to learn about maintaining and operating a motorcycle? Oh, oh, that's great. Um, Okay, so in your local, um, in your state, there will be a motorcycle uh, education program. Most states have it. Um, So you can go to your local Department of Motor Vehicles, ask them about it. They will have information about uh, classes on learning to ride a motorcycle. Most states, if you take that class, you do not have to take the practical test at your DMV, which is run around the cones, stop here in the box, all that kind of stuff, because you've already taken the the, uh, class. Then all you have to pass is the written test. Then you'll get a learner's permit, which you will uh, have for like three or four months, and then you'll get your license. Some states, you go straight to license. Um, so check it with your local Department of Motor Vehicles. Ask them about motorcycle training, and they should be able to point you in that direction. Or look it up on Google. Look for motorcycle training in your state, and they will uh, it will point you in the direction of a, uh, a motorcycle class that you can take. Um, I highly suggest, if you're going to get into motorcycling on the street, do not buy a sport bike. Do not buy a 600. Do not buy a 750. Do not buy a 1000 Japanese race bike. It will kill you in a hurry. It can get you into more trouble faster than you can get out of it. Okay. Even if you're just putzing along and if somebody cuts you off and you twist that throttle just a little too hard, it'll put you in a guardrail before you can even stop because you panicked. What you want is a UJM, which is the Universal Japanese Motorcycle, we call it. Anything in the 250, 350, 400, 500. Um, that's a sit-up model. Um, a lot of manufacturers make them now. The Honda Nighthawk has been made for 30 years. There's plenty of them out there used. Plenty of parts out there for them. Beautiful starting bikes. Uh, Suzuki SV650s. Beautiful starting bikes. Um, but don't get one of these sport bike things that'll kill you okay uh but if you're going to get into motorcycling take the class learn go to a parking lot and practice your figure eights and your stopping before you get into track okay all right now last but not least we only really have time for maybe like one more question and a good outro so we're going to go to dragonborn fox who asks how do you feel about cal the kangaroo 
Who? Oh, the kangaroo? Cow the kangaroo. K-A-O. I do not... Never. I've never, never heard, of, heard it. of it. Never heard of it either. Let's, let's never end, heard of it. Let's end on a winner. How's about that? Not not that. Uh, let's go back to number five from Mode Trooper. What advice would you give to those looking to be a better man and a better person in their lives who is someone people can look up to and feel good about themselves? <sighs> first things first is that you have to have enough confidence in yourself that you're going to make the right decisions. Have some confidence in who you are, like yourself, and give yourself the benefit of the doubt. If you make a mistake, take the good from that, learn from it, and move on. Don't dwell on it. It's like, okay, I made a mistake, but I just learned from it. I'm going to move on. You know? um, be open to people, even if it's going to give you pain. Okay. Sometimes you have to take that pain and 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 give that person uh, uh, an opportunity to, you know, say their piece or whatever. Um, be be available to help people. Be be wanting to help. Okay. Whether it's the dishes, whether it's the laundry, whether it's somebody who's having a nervous breakdown, whether it's um, anything. I, I, if you go into life wanting to help people or help situations. It will open up more doors for you than you could ever, you know, walk through. Just be that dependable person that if something is going on with your friends and you have the opportunity to do it. If something is going on with your family and you have the opportunity to do it. Because it will one, make you feel awesome because you're helping. Two, it'll give you uh a very awesome uh, look at yourself because you're helping people and, and you're investing in humanity itself, right? Instead of taking from humanity, you're giving to humanity. Um, and the chips will fall where they may. Every now and then you'll get used. It happens. But if you're helping people more times than not... You know, that'll come back to you. Karma is a thing, okay? It, karma is a thing, right? If you want to reap good karma, give good karma, okay? Help people, help things, you know, and it'll come back to you. It will. It's it's done that. It's done it for me a number of times. Sure, I've gotten burned. Of course I've gotten burned. Everybody gets burned. There are people who are just out there looking for people to use. But... The more times that happens, the more you can you you will see it before it gets there, and you go, "I'm not going to trust you because I've seen this before, right?" Mm -hmm. But until you see it, you haven't seen it. But be open, be happy, love yourself, and help people, and that and, and you put those things together, and only good things will come to you, pretty much most of the time. Um, so you know, go out there and and just be better every day every day be better than you were yesterday look for something to make yourself better than yesterday well said and wonderful advice for those who are looking to become positive influences in their relative circles now that said that's 
pretty much all the time we have. Dusty, you stuck through us. You're thick and thin. Thank you so much for coming on. What sort of big projects and stuff do you have coming up before BronyCon? Um, well, let's see. Um, got to get ready for the charity auction. Full papers plans. Um, so I got to get those done. Um, I had a big song thing I was going to do with Cyril the Wolf and PK1. I'm not sure that's actually going to happen now uh, because everyone's got busy. Um, I've got another book I'm starting on uh, soon. That's not, that has nothing to do with BronyCon. But uh, I do have a couple of things for the charity auction I'm going to be putting in the charity auction, which I need to finish. Um, but those are super secret projects. Um, so I'll have a couple of things to auction off that I've made with my own hands. Um, so if you're looking for Dusty Cat Originals, come to the charity auction. Um, other than that, not much else. I've got a, 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 a collab I'm trying to do with Vocal Score Pony, uh, but I need to learn the song. So, <laughs> so hopefully I can learn the song. Um, and then that hopefully that'll be out later this year. Uh, the Thatch and Dial project, if you go to YouTube and look up Thatch and Dial, which is the name of the project, you'll find uh, the pre-episode, the, pre the, the, the pre-log, if you want to call it that, that we did a couple of years ago. Um, that's coming out later this year. Um, and of course, I'm still doing um, Bronies React. The next Bronies React, which is premiere to Season 9, comes out tomorrow. Hi! So, yeah, yes! Comes out tomorrow. Uh, so be ready, 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. That's coming out. Um, and then, of course, I will be in all the rest of the Bronies Reacts. Um, the TF2 project, they haven't had much for me to do lately, so I'm just out in the desert cooking whatever. Um, waiting for them to, to write me a script to come and beat on them again. Um, so, yeah, uh, TF2 is still there uh, whenever they feel like using me. Um, and I'm still picking up voice acting things. Oh, I'm doing a hard sci-fi series Aww. for East Court Productions called The Untypical. Um, the first episode is already out on YouTube. Second episode I recorded about a month ago. Um, they're still waiting for a couple of people to get their lines in, and then that's going to get edited together for the second episode of The Untypical, which is uh, what it's called. Check that out. It's like an hour and a half radio play um, that has gotten rave reviews. So please check that out. I'm the narrator, also called the councilman. Um, so it's a... Uh, a pretty big part. Awesome. That's and cool. if people want to, if people want to find you, they can find you on Twitter find, and on. Find me on Twitter as Dusty underscore K A T. Um, I, I'm not doing anything on my YouTube channel anymore. It's pretty much I put up old Stay Brony My Friend shows every now and then. Uh, but I'm not doing anything on YouTube. But I do have a YouTube channel which is Dusty Cat Roads, which has all of my old shows and building of. Cigar box guitars and big guitars and all kinds of music and singing and comedy and stuff I used to do. Uh, but there's still some funny stuff up there. Um, and uh, that's about it. I do have a Instagram, uh, Dusty Cat on Instagram. And I do a lot of stuff on Instagram and uh, Facebook now. Or not Facebook. Um, Twitter. I'll do periscopes every now and then of being in the garage working on something and just talk to the periscope. So if you want to talk to me live... I will pop up a, per a periscope if you're on Twitter, be watching, and then I usually talk to people while I'm working on a cigar box guitar or my motorcycle. Um, it's much uh, better use of my time than spending weeks doing a YouTube video that five people see. Totally, totally fair. Well, we'll definitely be watching out on Twitter, and thank you once again for coming out to join us. No, thanks. Yeah, thanks, guys, for having me. It's uh, usually a lot of fun to do. Awesome. Always. 
Well, thank you everyone for tuning in. Be sure to tune in next week when we have the awesome Scarlet Blade joining us to talk more about narrations. Be sure to check out all the links that Alex underscore just posted. Your bartenders this evening have been a non-pencil. We're trash! Uh, Nignatic Kotaku. See ya! Of course, Flamin' Orpher. I still don't know if I'm professional. Ravage. What? And of course, our wonderful guest, Dusty Cat. Uh huh. Good night, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. Good night, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. We hate to leave you, but we'll be back soon. Good night, sweetheart. Good night. Good night, sweetheart. Good night. Somebody once told me. No, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Demonetized. I'm just going to end it there. <laughs>